Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because we're midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the rotten side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Well-oiled machine this, mate. Well-oiled. I'm really loving that intro. Yes, good thing I didn't have to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> A man who said Shane Watson modelled his uh, dress style on. Welcome, Michael. <laughs> Hello, gents. Australia's <laughs> number one, Mitch Marshman, and our guru, Alex, can't be with us. He's busy catching boats in new shirts in Serbia. Today, we're in the triangulated Frederick Harold Sokka. Hold on, hold on. Can we just go back? Let's just go back. Yep. That's not a euphemism for anything. He's actually in Serbia, isn't that right? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Catching boats in new shirts. <laughs> yeah. He's got a new <laughs> shirt. He's got a new shirt. Hang on. <laughs> Another one to the rotation. What's that, mate? Three? <laughs> I think that's actually, yeah, the third. So that would yeah. be... Yeah, that's that's his Wednesday and Saturday shirt now. <laughs> I think the way his wardrobe works, one shirt has to come out of the rotation because it only can stay at three. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, the T-shirt with the map of the world and the word me on it has now been taken out of rotation. Yeah, has been retired. <laughs> what about the gold wolf mother T-shirt? Is that still in rotation? Or is that one? Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> has he still got the US cricket guy uh, full oh, defence? Yeah. Deflection T-shirt? Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah. I think that's out of rotation at the moment, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, well, this is a Big Glug production brought to you by the Audio Geniuses down at Discord and our Tier 1 sponsors for 2018. Brits Diablo, Poor Man's Yoho Diablo, Gateway Drug to Fire Twirling, Wacker, Sun in Rise since 75, The Dot Matrix Printing Company, The Tractor Paper Company, Snakeboard, Discounting Kneecap since 1991, Pyramid Bank, Channel 31, Bilo, Video Easy, Get It First Time or Get It Free. That's our merchandise on Redbubble. Check out the hats. Ah, yeah, kid. Ah, well, we start with some national team talk. And Australia A have just commenced the four-day games they are playing against India A. And uh, Australia A won the toss and elected to bat. And they've just been dismissed for 243 all out of 76 overs. And the man of the moment was Usman Kawaja opened the batting and he made 127. Oh, nice. Yeah. Curtis Patterson opened with him, made 31. Trav Head, batting three, made four. Peter Hamskin, first ball duck. Mitch Marsh, four ball duck. Hmm. And then our man, minus Labu Hagmi, the flying lasagna, 60. Get around him. And the rest of the scorecard was poor reading because we had then... Four to Alex Carey, first ball duck to Mick Nessa, third ball duck to Chris Tremaine, and an eight ball duck to Brendan, the paper mag- son of a paper magnate, Doggett. Mm. And the bowler who did all the damage was the opening bowler, Muhammad Siraj. He bowled 20 overs, seven maidens, eight for 59. Oh, jeez, they're nice figures. Yep. So, uh, not great there by Australia. Certainly the um, state of the pitch would have helped him, Ross. I'd imagine it was as green as my next-door neighbour's bloody garage. Oh, right, I see. Mm. So, interesting that Australia's bloody next old... assignment is uh, on the flat pancakes of the UAE against Pakistan, so perhaps this pitch is not going to be similar at all. Jeez, mm. poor old, old mate Peter Hanscom. If he didn't have poor form, he wouldn't have any form at all, that bloke. Fucking yeah. Jesus. Very much the case. 
so that's what Australia's doing there. Uh, this is an incredibly difficult series to find any information about because they, um, both cricket.com.au and Crickinfo, surprisingly, make it hard to find information about it. I smell an email coming, Ross. Mm. <laughs> well, the Cricket Australia app doesn't even have the quadrangular A series. It was Australia A, South Africa A, India A and India B. On its uh, that section of its app, you have to keep looking in the news to see daily updates. And really all I want was the scorecards. Yeah, it's not really well put together, that app. It's, no, uh... The best. Mm. Uh, Wisdom Kawadra is amongst the runs for Australia, A. Eh? They played five games. They had two wins and one loss. I guess that means that they had a couple of no results because there's a lot of um, wet weather around at the time. Yes. Mm. Now, the whole series yeah, was shifted away from where it was originally scheduled. So yes, uh, Australia only ended up playing three games. They had two wins and a loss. Usman Kawaja made some runs there. He made a century in the last game. He played 101 off 93 balls. So it looks like he's in good form, which is not surprising because he's probably a little bit lighter on his feet. Yes. A rich purple vein of form, Ross. A bulging purple vein of form. <laughs> <laughs> What I do find... Um, oh, I can't stop, sorry. <laughs> what I do find interesting about this whole um, Australia A tour is, is you've got sections of the cricket world and some of the guys that listen to us as well have messaged us about it, asking, like, do we think Finchie's a chance to get into the test team? Because in county cricket, his form has been pretty stellar so far this year. He's batting, He's making quite a lot of runs. Well, the reality is not in this squad, pretty much, or not playing, shows you that um, he's not even in the fucking calculations at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's poor. Mm. It is, uh, that's disappointing for him because I actually think, yeah, he's in great form, red ball form. Uh, yeah, like, no, that's the thing, like, everyone tries to go on about his, like, white ball cricketer, white ball cricketer, but if you take him out of Australian red ball and drop him into, like, county cricket and that... His numbers are very impressive, which it should be the opposite because, in theory, that it should be harder to bat over there due to the bowler, a little bit more friendly bowler conditions. But he seems to actually um, flourish there in the four-day game opposed to batting on the uh, flat decks he gets at the G. Yep, that's right. Uh, and so um, it's disappointing for him. Another good performance in one of Australia's one of the three games Australia played was um, Travis Head made 110 against South Africa, A, eh? And then came out with the ball and took 2 for 25 off five overs. So Australia won two rich. of their games. Yeah, rich, rich, bulging, throbbing purple. Purple. Vein of form <laughs> sprouting right out of head. Right out of head and sprouting that vein of form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throbbing, <laughs> rich, yeah. pulsating vein of form. <laughs> <laughs> Then Australia must have played India um, B or someone and lost to them. Anyway, a uh, bit of a damp squib of tournament. Took a bit to get going. They shifted games to another venue because it was uh, the rainy season <laughs> in uh, one part of the world. Anyway, that's my in-depth look at that. I'm glad I um, decided to talk about that straight off the bat. That <laughs> oh, was good. That was good. Yeah. Nowhere else will you hear people talk so little about that. Mm. Yeah. Right, uh, we look at the match in progress, the only test match currently underway in world cricket, and it is England versus India. 
So the third, England won the first two tests quite convincingly. The third test, India won quite convincingly. That was between podcasts there. And now this match is intriguingly poised. England have just been dismissed for 271 in their second innings, leaving India a target of 245 for victory. And I believe it's a five-test tour. This is the fourth test. So it could yep. be two all at the end of four tests. Which would be Ring-a-ding-ding. Mm. Uh, it's been a low-scoring test. England batted first, made 246. Um, Tubor Jennings left one from Bumrah, I believe. <laughs> and, uh, left one gin style and just let it cannon into his pads. <laughs> just... That was, ver- that was very interesting viewing is the nicest way to put Alex that. style, just have that. Oh. This is my wicket, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, it was uh, Sam Curran who top scored for England, made 78. I believe he's been amongst the runs, Mick. Yeah, so Sam, Cur- yeah, so Sam Curran would... Um, so I was just I was watching some of the game before we... Uh, Got to recording and they put up a stat and it was at it was this was stat was towards the end of yesterday's play so um, before they started this morning and um, the stat was that, so unsurprisingly Virat Kohli's the leading run scorer for the series he's got nearly five hundred so if if all goes according to plan in the next few tests he'll make over five hundred for the series so he's a cunt but he's a good cunt at what he does so um, but the next <laughs> two run scorers. <laughs> As of me watching it, which may have swapped now, but we're Joss Butler and Sam Curran with 280 pretty much each. So um, going into this series, you'd find that was a very surprising stat. The next best for the Indians was uh, was good old Steve Pajara, hmm. Cheshwa, and um, the fifth highest run score of 212 runs was Johnny Bairstow. So no Stokes, no Root. No cook, no like, yeah. So that was that was interesting reading. I think that the twenty-something-year-old all-rounder and the supposed two T Twenty only slogger were the two best-performing bats for England in this series. It's been so. Strange because when I think it was the first or second test when it was all going tits up for England, I think Curran came out and belted a fifty or sixty odd there as well, and yeah, got them from I don't know one fifty or one sixty over the two hundred mark and. Saved a few blushes, I believe. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, in his short Test career, he's got a bit of a um, history doing this, coming out and getting himself a very important forty to plus that um, causes the tail to wag. Yeah, he doesn't sort of hang around and nudge it around the corner. He gives yeah. it a fair old fucking smack it. And he's probably got the um, advantage of youth, where he doesn't have any demons, so he's not really afraid to play oh, shots and that. The old Ashton Agar so. style, you say no. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. Just go there, you're not scared of it, and they just fucking bat like a demon. Like a man possessed. Talking of India, uh, India's batting, it was Chetishwar Pujara, our mate Steve. Who Steve-o. Made Steve-o. 132 out of India's 273, so it's a fair effort. And um, the destroyer for England was their sixth bowler, uh, Mo Ali. He took 5 yes. 63. Mm. Big Mo. He's back. 
Yeah, he's um. Josh Butler and 46 <laughs> to Samuel Curran. We've got uh, England to a respectable 271. So interesting to see Shikadawan face the first over and let a maiden go through. So we'll see how India goes. Very interesting viewing. Another interesting thing I read was that the top four for England across these four tests are averaging less than 20. And that hasn't happened for a very, very long time. Oh, yes. Mm. And uh, uh, David, sorry, I think you had some interesting numbers on Big Ali Cook. Yeah, so apparently he hasn't scored over 70 for the last 20-plus innings uh, in Test cricket. So um, I think that might be... I know we've said this a few times about him, but uh, it could be curtains at the end of this series for uh, mm. for Big Ellie, for the chef. Mm. Interesting. A worrying trend. Mm. Mm. Also a worrying trend, Nuts, uh, was Mo Ali batting at three. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck's going on there? Uh, it has changed a bit, the um, number three role that we were sort of discussing in the pre Yeah. Let's all just sit here and say nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah sorry. So, um, so we were talking about it in a little bit of our pre-podcast chat that we like to have, and uh, Dave and I were discussing it before you jumped on, Ross, is that... The old theory, it's the old Ian Chapel theory, where your best bat bats at three. That seems to have, in the especially in the last say five years, has gone out the window, and that's not the case anymore. And you tend to find, and like Dave and I were discussing it, is that the guys who you might consider the best bats in most teams are around about that four mark now. Like Smiths at four. Uh, from memory, we're saying Joe Root's at four. We yeah, think yeah. Kane Williamson's usually at Coley. four as well. Yeah, and Coley's at four as well. So my theory was, is that back in the day when uh, Chapelli was getting around, you had those nuggety openers who would wear 15 on the chest and not go out and wear the ball down so you could afford to have your best bat at three because he ne- necessarily wouldn't come out to a brand-new ball doing a bit. Where maybe now in this day and age of the Warners and that of the world where there's as much chance of them going out first ball, you know, caught behind swinging as there is as anything else. Maybe you put your best bat a little bit lower in the order to protect them from the brand new ball. I think it's a good theory. Um, Yeah. Given, like you said, we don't have too many opening partners who bat an inning, oh, sorry, bat a session or a session and a half and then three walks out at, you know, none for 120 after one and a half sessions and get on with it. Uh, you sort of have, like you said, your Warners and... I mean, Chris Rogers is probably the last of the true nuggety type openers, I guess. Uh, the chef is nuggety enough, but he still yeah. has more shots than what um, what old colourblind Rogers had. Not sure. He doesn't have too many st- straight down the ground, but anyway. No, no, really he weird. doesn't bother, doesn't bother <laughs> driving. Yeah. Unless it's a tractor. Unless the tractor doesn't drive all day. <laughs> uh, after his wedding, down the main street of the village, he lives in. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Pop into the pub, steak and kidney pie, and away we go. <laughs> Let's go and consummate this marriage by <laughs> by playing chess or something. Blake comes storming in the pub. Right, who's driving the Massey Ferguson? You fucking block me in. <laughs> Ah, he's got enough money He'd buy himself a John Deere, surely. Uh, I love how Alistair Cook. He never looks. He doesn't sweat. He doesn't perspire. And he never looks like he has yeah. a hair out of place. Or he's, that's you know, why he's the designated a... ball shiner. Uh, he doesn't sweat, Ross. Doesn't sweat. Uh, never looks like he has a hair out of place. Never looks like oh, you know, he could do with a haircut. He always seems to have his hair no. the same length. Mm. You know, 
just he uh, looks like a boring bastard doesn't he oh does he it doesn't yeah. look like he's ever had to have a shave really except for just sort of around the chin sort of the yeah. sort of region his ample chin yeah <laughs> he's got that sort of swarthy complexion too which makes him look like he might be Spanish origins rather than English but anyway there you go <laughs> there he is Ali Cook the Enigma um, <laughs> he could be on the way how many catches has he dropped how many catches he dropped this series I've got no idea. He dropped a couple from what I saw in the couple He of took an here. absolute pearl of the other day, but I think he has dropped some as well. Interesting one that Mo Ali, for his um, county team, I remember when he debuted, he proved any team. He, he was another three batsmen who would bowl yeah, well, he's been, as a... He's been know, batting fifth, three. Fifth or sixth bowler. And um, yeah. I was surprised that he batted so low. To me, it was insurance they... You know, he's batting at seven or no, he's batting at eight because they didn't believe the keeper was such a good bat or something like that. I can't remember now. But they have another all rounder at six. It's the same thinking. I, the reason I said that is because it was the same thinking when they had uh, when they won the two thousand five Ashes. They had Flintoff at six, but they knew he wasn't a great batsman, and they had uh, Geraint Jones at seven, the keeper, and they knew as well that he wasn't a great batsman. But then they had Ashley Giles, who was a great number eight batsman, so they believed, and a rubbish spinner. But they thought between the three of them, that was two decent batsmen. So that's why Ashley yeah. Giles played. He played because he could bat at number eight. It was just complete nonsense, but they seemed to like that thinking. So it seemed that they just did the same thing with Ali, although he's a top order batsman. They're like, oh, great, we can, we can bat him at eight and have, he'd be the best number eight batsman in the world. So he gives it yeah, well, that's true. Mm. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the, the England's been successful with that tactic. Successful enough, didn't work well in Australia, but, um, yeah, he's not a bad player, no, I would just, yeah, eight's far too low for him anyway, I think he should have been there. But that young team they brought to Australia, he probably should have been in the top six. Yeah, yeah. well, like, yeah, like, like, he, he bats at three for his county, and he's skipper of his county, and he bats at three, so it's not like he can't do it, it's just... I think you get so used to assuming that he's a... Because bo- the reality is he's a batting all-rounder, really, who yes. bowls a bit of spin. Yeah. Where, where we've been... Because we don't see him all the time from a county point of view, we have been educated to believe that he's a bowling all-rounder. Yes. Which he's not. Mm. Yep. And um, that's that's the way they've used him. But it's not un- yeah. unusual for um, players' sort of role to change across their career. Look at Steve Waugh. He was uh, seen as a bowling all-rounder. Yeah, well, that's and then true. He started and then... Steve Smith. Yeah, Steve Smith, yeah. yeah. So, But it's, it's certainly an interesting career at Moali because he certainly, when he came into the England setup, he had a very different role to his county uh, role, mm. Mm, which, is, which is unusual. Yeah. Makes it yeah. hard, doesn't it, really? Well, I can see why he was, you know, sort of... Well, no, no, he wasn't good in Australia. He did, the only day of cricket I went to, he batted. He batted like a maniac. He just swinging out the arse. And got caught. Big Ali Cook on his way. Big style. Yeah. He used to come out at eight, as he was, and support Ali Cook, because I went to the day Big Ali made his double ton, and he just decided he's just going to tee off, and he's nearly caught on the fence, and then about three balls later, he was caught on the fence. So, I'll jump in. I'll jump in before mm, Mick does. Mm. Sometimes when you got a boring opening bats and down the other end, you're forced to swing your ass off just so you can get off the fucking ground. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And then, but to show how hard it was to bat out there at the MCG, Stu Broad came out and made a fifty. So it made Moali <laughs> look really stupid. 
Yeah, but you can't hit sixes if you don't hit it in the air, Ross. Oh, that's a very good point. Maximums mm. don't occur along the carpet, do they? Exactly right. <laughs> mm. Wise words, Mick. Wise words. On those <laughs> wise words, we'll head over to you now, Mick, for your county cricket wrap. Have back, we'll travel. Alrighty, so yeah, so we've got episode 75's Have Bat Will Travel. So uh, so in England over the last fortnight, we saw the continuation of the T20 Vitality Blast, proudly presented by the film from 1984, The Neverending Story. Yeah. <laughs> or Viagra. <laughs> so I'll start out by saying I've skipped the end of the season and gone straight to the finals due to... Partly to a number of games had been rained out or someone had batted and then the other team hadn't, so there wasn't a result. Um, and also the fact it was so fucking long. So I've um, so I've skipped over the last few games. Um, uh, Mick, just, so be- just to interrupt So before we get stuck... Sorry, Mick, just to interrupt What was that? That's exactly yeah. how we're going to feel when the 1st of February rolls around coming up and the fucking BBL yeah. still going. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's the 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 yeah. It's just ridiculous. But at least we like the country that, playing the BBL. Yeah, that's true. But, but theirs is this sicker. long, and there's like three games a fucking day as well. It's like they play everyone seven times. It feels like like their stupid Premier League soccer season. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with playing thirty eight games? All right. So before <laughs> so before I touch on the finals, I'm just going to give you a quick. Um, I'll give you the final standings for each group. So this is done the same as the other things. We've got the North group and the South group, like the one days. So in the North group, we had uh, Worcester finished on top with nine wins. Durham was second with nine wins. Lanks were third with eight wins. Knotts were fourth with six wins. Yorkshire had seven wins. Warwickshire had six. Derby had five. Leicester had five. And North Ants brought up the tar with two wins. So the reason those numbers don't sound quite right is Knotts did only have six wins, but they had a few rainouts, so they got half points and draws, so that's why they finished ahead of Yorkshire and made the finals. Uh, in the South group, Somerset finished on top with 10 wins. Uh, Hard as a Kent's head got eight wins. Sussex got seven. Gloucester got eight. Surrey got seven. Glamorgan got seven. Essex got two. Hampshire got two. And the missionary position, Middlesex, got two wins. <laughs> so um, so the way their finals worked... Sorry, Mick. Was that, that sorry, Ross? 14 games they played? Um, I think it was 14, no, no, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. I've, I haven't got the wins. I've only got the wins written so down. Two out of 14 is pretty shit, isn't it? Really? No, yes. no one remembers losses. Someone, one of the sides, it might have been one of the sides that only got two wins. In a report I'd done, maybe last one or the one before, hadn't even won a game yet. So like it's well, yeah, it's the old pretty Sydney thunder. Yeah, yeah, fucking pretty dismal going. It's cold, <laughs> it's raining, and you can't fucking win. Fucking sounds great. Um, so the finals, the way the final series works is you have the top fours from um, each side, and you got the old, you know. 1v4 and 2v3 type system. But what happens in it is is that they cross over. So one from north plays like fourth from south and like that. So um, I'll explain their positions as I do each game just so people kind of get an idea of how it's all working. So um, so in the first qualifying finals, the south groups are sec. What was that, sorry, Mark? You said you'll explain the positions. So I said doggy style, missionary. The wheelbarrow. <laughs> Uh, so um, in the first qualifying final uh, South group second place Kent took on North's 
third place Lancashire. So uh, Kent elected a bat first. They posted nine for 133. The key contributor with the bat was their skipper Sam Billings, who made a runner ball 37. Well, the Goldstone donation made a duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lang's, bo- Lang's bowlers were led by leg spinner Matt Parkinson. Nothing doing, James Faulkner took one for 19. <laughs> Uh, so Lanks needed 134 to win and chased at four wickets down, but with no help from Joss, I'm a test batsman now, Butler, who made a golden duck. And James yeah. Faulkner didn't get a bat. Uh, Ross's man, Keaton Keyboard Jennings, top scored with 46. Kent really struggled with the ball. Stoinkloff took none for 18. Um, so Lanks win by six wickets. Yeah, I don't know. I've written down Kent one, but they didn't fucking win Lanks one. Fucking <laughs> Kent. Uh, next up, we've got the second qualifying final, which saw uh, the South Group's third place Sussex take on the North Group's second place Durham. Uh, Durham chose to bat first, putting up seven for 140. Boxing Ben Stokes led the run scorers with 34 <laughs> before he's beaten LBW by Will Beer. That's unusual because it's Ben who usually dishes out the beatings once he's faced a few beers. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but anyway. Uh, rim that job got good. nine not out. Pick of the Sussex Bowls was Will Beer, who took two for 17. Word is he served it up lukewarm, opposed to his namesake, Michael Beer, who sends down nice, cold, frosty ones. Yes, yes. Uh, Sussex required 141 to win and passed the target, finishing five for 144. Top scorer for Sussex was a man with the most Australian-sounding name ever to be given to an Englishman, Laurie Evans, who <laughs> made 63 not out. Uh, the rim job got nine, uh, zero for 19, and Boxing Ben didn't get a bowl. Sussex I love win. That nickname, Mick. Yeah, Sussex win by five wickets. Boxing Ben, love it. Uh, so in the third qualifier, we got the South Group's fourth place, Gloucester, taking on the North Group's first place, Worcester. Uh, Worcester elected to field first. Uh, Gloucester made eight for 136. Gloucester's key contributors with the bat were Miles, you shouldn't breed dinosaurs, Dr. John Hammond, who made 45. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Jurassic Park the other day, so it's still in my head. Uh, shit. (laughs) Ian Cockbain came up up short when he was run out for 35. (laughs) And our man Maxi Klinger made 24. Uh, best of the Worcester Bowls was Brett De Oliveira, who took four for 26. Uh, so Worcester needed 137 for victory and passed it five wickets down in the 19th over. Best of the Worcester bats was was Callum. Test debut with a run out, thanks. Ferguson, who made yeah. 64, not out. Uh, suit and tie took one for 21 for Gloucester. So Worcester won by five wickets. Uh, so the fourth qualifying final saw the South Group's first place Somerset taking on the North Group's fourth place Nottinghamshire. So not skipper Dan Christen elected a field first. Somerset made five for 209. Top scorer was James Hildreth, who made 52. Knott's bowlers shared the wickets except for DC, who got none. So Knott's needed 210 for victory, but they fell 19 runs short. Uh, Alex Hales really put the boots into the Knots bowling, top scoring with 45. <laughs> but the standout performance was Somerset's big jughead, Jamie Overton, who took five for 47. So he took five for, but fuck, he got carted. 47 off four overs. 
Uh, so it. Somerset won by 19 runs. So this sets up our semi-finals, which will be played on September the 15th. So there's like a two-week, nearly three-week gap between the quarters and the semis. Uh, so the first semi will see Worcester taking on Lancashire, and the second semi will see Sussex clashing with Somerset. So in the last, so that's the wind-up of what's happening with the T20. So um, we'll report on those finals on the 15th, which is still... Feels like it's fucking ages away. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, we've also seen some county uh, four-day cricket start up. So I'm just going to touch on the most recent of the four-day cricket. So there's currently games going on right now as we record. I don't have any of that information due to it not being finished yet. So I'm just going to touch on the games before that. Uh, so in Divi 1... He- before you go yes? On, yep. Top run scorers in the home and away part of the Vitality Blast. Yep. Top run scorer, Aaron Finch, 589. From nine, and he missed some games. Yeah, from nine innings at an average of 147. <sighs> Second top run, run scorer, Ian Bell, 580 from 14 innings. <sighs> and uh, your man, Laurie Evans, That's good. at Sussex, was yep. third with 554. Jeez, that's some good going. Bloody hell. And uh, then when we switch yeah, Finch, you... to the bowling... Bowling figures, it's uh, once again your man Peter Overton, no, Jamie Overton, 24 wickets from 15 games, but there's Nathan Remington, came in fourth, 14 matches, 22 wickets, at an economy of 8.96. Didn't Peter Overton read the news, Ross? Yes, he did, and JP Faulkner, 19 wickets, at 7.84, so not the worst, eighth eighth on the list. Hmm. Anyway, on to the counties. Yeah, Faulkner can bowl as good as he won't as he wants. Won't stop me bagging him. I get I get joy in it now because I know it upsets one of our listeners. So, <laughs> that's just that's my personality right there in a nutshell. Um, so we go on to County Championship Division One. Uh, so we had Hampshire taking on Nottinghamshire. Uh, not sent Hampshire in, and it's fair to say it wasn't the best decision with the Hamsters making two seventy seven all out. Uh, Pick of the Hampshire Bats was their skipper, the man with the steam white rice of names, James Vince, who made 74. <laughs> the tail gave an almighty wag with Hampshire number eight batsman Liam Dawson and number nine South African Kyle Abbott combining for a 133-run stand. Wow. Yeah. Pick of the Knots bowlers was their skipper, Steve Mullaney, who took three for 43, and Matthew Coach Carter, who took three for 34. So Knotts made 166 in reply with Luke Fletcher top scoring with 43. For those of you playing at home, Luke Fletcher, Fletcher's the lad we talked about earlier in the year that copped the cricket ball in the head and they thought he was never going to play again. So he's still oh, kicking right. along, so good on him. Uh, Steve Maloney got 38 and Billy, the brother of Joe Root, got 36. Uh, no one else got past 16. Pick of the Hampshire Bowls was Fidel Edwards, who took six for 50. He's taking wickets in that comp like it's going out of fashion. The Cuban. Yeah, uh, so Dale Stane took none for 41. So how do you say washed up in Afrikaners? That's a real question. Uh, second time up. So second time up, Hampshire uh, fared a little bit better when they declared seven down for 399. So uh, led by their skipper again, the man with the, with the name so bland that they should, just call, they should just change it to beige and be done with it, James Vince, hmm. who made 147. Uh, Tommy's stage name, Allsop, made 99. Nothing too interesting from the Knotts bowlers. 
Uh, so second innings for Notch rolled. They got rolled for 240. The son of Kepler, Ricky Wessels, got dinner for 269. Chomp, chomp. Yum, yum. <laughs> Steve Mullaney got 50. And uh, Daryl Braithwaite's West Indian son, Craig, got 48. <laughs> With the rock for Hampshire, South African Kyle Abbott took four for thirty-six, and Liam Dawson took four for eighty. As they combined again with a with a bowling partnership this time, uh, so Hampshire won by two hundred and seventy runs. Points: Hampshire twenty-one, knots three. Oh, they signed the team sheet. Good uh, yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> later on. We're gonna find out what it takes to get lower than three because I've got a game that doesn't that has lower than three. Uh, so Somerset went head-to-head with Essex. Uh, Somerset elected to bat first, and it proved dividends with them making 324 before being dismissed. Uh, best with the stick for Somerset was Marcus. Old man yells at a cloud, Trescothic, who made 95. <laughs> and Tom, what do you find in a bell tower? A bell who peeled off 70. And speaking of peeling off, the banana man, Pierre Settle, took 5 for 80 for it. Uh, 5 for 80 for Essex. Yeah, I had that right the first time. The Frenchman. Yes. So uh, Essex made 191 in reply. Top scorer was Ryan and Tender Scooter, who made 73, and Pierre got 12. Uh, Jamie, yes, I know I'm even weirder looking than Craig Overton, led the bowlers with three uh-huh. for 40. Second innings time, and Somerset could only muster 202. Pick of the bats was the young Zimbabwean opener, Eddie Byrom, who made 42. Essex bowls were led by the South African all-rounder, Simon Harmer, who bowls a little bit of spin, who took four for 69. Uh, Essex needed 3.36 for victory, but would fall 45 runs short. Nick Brown top scored with 86 and was supported by Tom Wild Westerly, who made 56. Pick of the Somerset bowlers was Jake the Bloodsucker Leach, who took eight for 85. To go with his first innings, two for 27, to give him match figures of 10 for 112. Somerset win by 45 runs. Points, Somerset 22, Essex 3. So next up, uh, Worcester played Yorkshire. Uh, Worcester skipper Moen Ali elected to field first and would prove to be a pretty good decision in the end. His boys end up rolling Yorkshire for 2-16. Pick of the Yorkshire bats was the super care bear Kane Williamson who got the dreaded 87. Best of the bowls was 19-year-old Dylan Pennington, who took four for 53 for Worcester. That's an English surname, that fucking hell. Yes, it sure is. So Worcester had a bat, and let me begin by just saying, wow, fucking we. <laughs> they declared they declared seven down for 572. Dooly, dooly, well better. <laughs> so the openers put on 111. Um, so that stand was broken when ta- when Tom fell, and that's his real last name. Lost his wicket for forty five. Tommy fells. Yep. So in walked at number three, the man we we're talking about before, Moen Ali, and he, with the remaining opener Daryl Mitchell, went on to post two hundred and ninety four for the second wicket. Fucking hell, that's a long. So day. when it was all said and done, Daryl finished up with one hundred and seventy eight, and our man Moen got two hundred and nineteen. Uh, Yorkshire's leggy Josh uh, Poisden took a gin threefer, taking three for 128. That's a baby threefer. So Yorkshire had a second bat, and they got rolled for 170. 
Uh, Williamson top scored again, making 61. Mo and Ali continued his great game, taking six for 49. So unsurprisingly, Moen was man of the match. So Worcester win, there. Yeah, Worcester win by an innings and 186 runs. Fuck. Worcester 24 points. Yorkshire Two. one. One. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's and I'm it. guessing that one. <laughs> I'm guessing that one also might include a rounding error. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I think they got one because they all turned up in creams. <laughs> <laughs> they paid the. They all have matching hats, so they, so they got one. <laughs> <laughs> Men with hands. <laughs> so the final game of Divi One saw Lanks take on Surrey in a day-night fixture. So uh, Surrey chose to bat first, and it didn't look like the best decision when they were all out for two hundred and eleven. Our man Finchie top scored with forty-three, and Sam, you. have you heard? I know the Marshes Curran made forty. Did he, did he get to Best the, of the ground ball. by train? Sorry, on the train. Or, yeah. Did he get the train to the ground or a bus? Or <laughs> did he have to catch the Best of the Lanks bowlers was Tom Bailey. He took five for fifty-three. Uh, Joe Manning, if any, took two for forty-six. And in a performance that would bring a tear to your eye, Graham Onions took none for fifty-four. Uh, so Lanks made two forty-seven in reply. Their, sk- their skipper, uh, Safa Dane Villas, top score was sixty-one. The old stager, Shivnarine Chanderpaul, was also amongst the runs with 45 for Lanks. That's his age, isn't uh, it? Surrey's bowlers shared the wickets around, but it was uh, with, Mo- with Mornay Morkel getting two for 42 and Sa- Sam Curran taking one for 69. Oh, I didn't have No surprises that Chanderpaul dominated. Yeah. It's yeah. Definitely mixed. That'd be his age, wouldn't it? 45? Yeah, pushing. <laughs> Fucking nice. Uh, I think the only bloke older than him, older than him in bloody county cricket's uh, Triscothic. Everyone else would be younger than him. Um, so second time up, Surrey fared a little better. They got to 306 before being bowled out. Surrey skipper Rory, third-degree Burns, top score was 70. Finchie got 32. Ben Stokes, no. Wokes, no. Folks got 33. Hmm. And I know the Marshes, Sam Curran got 31. <laughs> Uh, Graham Onions wiped away the tears and bounced back, taking three for 91 in the second innings. So Lanks was set, Lanks was set 271 for victory, but would fall six runs short. Top scorer was Rob Jones, who made 48. The standout for this innings was Surrey's a big tuner, Mornay Morkel, who took six for 57. Uh, so Surrey win by six runs. Points to Surrey, 20. Lanks, four. So that's uh, DV1. So we'll just quickly go through DV2 as well. Um, Take your time. So first game up in DV2, we've got uh, Paul Collingwood's Durham took on Glamorgan. Uh, Durham elected to have a field first, and what a good decision that was as Glamorgan continued their season of underwhelming performance, slumping to 154. Unsurprisingly, there was no interesting performances with the bat from the Glamorgan boys. Uh, Durham opening bowlers Chris Rushworth, who took three for 36, and Matt Salisbury, 3 for 34, shared the bulk of the wickets. So Glamorgan just have never recovered from recruiting Sean Marshall, it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, Durham, managed, yeah, Durham managed 295 with the bat. The key contributor being Indian one-day international player Aksar Patel, who made 95 batting at 7. Durham opener Alex, not Brett or Shane Lees, got brunch mm. for a couple, 69. <laughs> Chomp, chomp. <laughs> Pick of the Glamorgan bowlers was the former Scottish ADI player 
Rude hearing, my names don't match Smith, who took five for 87. Uh, Glamorgan had another bat and went even worse, this time getting rolled for 111. Handing, handing Durham victory by an innings and 30 runs. Pick of the Durham bowlers second time around was Chris, former Victorian Gold Rush town, Rushworth, who took five for 28. Uh, so Durham win by an innings and 30 runs. Uh, Durham get 21 points. Glamorgan get three. So next up, we've got the North Ants hosting the missionary positions in Middlesex. Uh, Middlesex elected the field first. Uh, North Ants started shaky, but bounced back to get to three for 40... Uh, sorry, get to 346 all out. Pick of the bats was their number three, Ricardo Vosconelos, who yeah, made 140... Yeah, and even that's pronounced wrong, mate. Like I'm reading it and trying to work out how to pronounce it. Uh, so the standout amongst the uh, missionary positions bowlers was James Harris, who took seven for 83. Uh, Middlesex innings never really got going as they limped along to be all out for 184. <laughs> Not one player past 40. Pick of the North Dance bowlers was Nathan, it rhymes with fuck, Buck, who took four for 51. <laughs> limped along. Uh. <laughs> North Ants then enforced the follow on second time up Middlesex fared a lot better making 374 harder more rigid through the middle yeah. Yeah. bit of stiffness <laughs> down the spine <laughs> <laughs> so Middlesex's scoring was led by Max de Monaro Holden who made 94 James Harris made 79 not out to go with his to go with his 7 far an Australian-born English test player, Sam Robson, got made 72. Uh, best, of, best, best of the North End's bowling was Safa Rory Kleinvelt, who snared four, four, 69. 69. <laughs> chomp, chomp. North End's needed 216 to win and fell 31 runs short to lose after enforcing the follow-on. <laughs> uh, Ricardo got himself 52 and no one else got more than 35. Middlesex's Tim, I'm too old for this, Murtar took <laughs> 5 for 38. Middlesex win by 31 runs. Points of Middlesex 19, North Ant 6. Just a quick one there, Mick. Uh, I, so thought, Sussex... I thought that was, sorry, I thought that was Tim Murtar she wrote. That's a good one. I'll have to, I'll have to use that one next time. <laughs> Uh, I was, I was, what's another one? Oh, that'll do. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of another murder one, but I can't. So what? Murder in the dark. Yeah. 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 First degree murder. Murder on the dance floor. Murder on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Murder on the murder. Orange Express. There we murder. go. Manslaughter is not murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he play, when he when he plays poorly, it's only manslaughter. It's not full yeah, murder. That's right. uh, yeah. So next up, Sussex took on Derby. Uh, Derby elected the field first. <laughs> And it won't go down as the best decision as Sussex smashed out 440. Sussex's uh, top scorer was Ben, not not the North Melbourne full forward Brown, who made 116. Saffa David Weiss got 93. And Harry, not Aaron Finch, made 82. Pick of the Derby bowlers was New Zealand one-day player Lockie Ferguson, who picked up the gin four far with four for 106. Hmm. In reply, Derby boasted 389. Jeez, this must have been a fair batting track. Uh, top scorer for Derby was their skipper, Billy Gary Ablett Sr. Godelman, who made 122. And Alex, do you know, Hughes got 77. 
Pick of the Sussex Bowlers was Ollie, not the mongoloid Pope Robinson, who yeah. took three for 77. Uh, second time up, Sussex declared six down for 353. Best with the stick was Philip, Pepper and Salt, who made 148. <laughs> Nothing special from the Derby Bowlers. Derby was set 405 for victory and got rolled for 161, meaning they lost by 243 runs. Yeah, unsurprisingly, nothing too, nothing too uh, newsworthy from the Derby Bats. Uh, pick of the Sussex Bowlers was Danny the Boy Briggs, who took three for 41. So Sussex win by 243 runs. They get 24 points, and Derby gets seven. Um, so next up, we've got Warwickshire took on Gloucester. Gloucester elected a bat first. They made 127. It's 127. Nothing in note with the bat. Pick of the Warwickshire bowling attack was Chris. If you're not wrong, you're right. He took five for 32. Former Victorian quick Ryan, brother of Steel Sidebottom, is at Warwickshire as well, and he picked up one for 33. And I did double-check that this is the brother of Steel Sidebottom, not the one that actually played for England. Uh, Warwickshire made 270... Pardon? Cram. Yep. All right. Warwickshire made two set. Yep, yep. I, 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 can, I can't always hear you. He's cutting me uh, out. That's, that's uh, the beauty of Discord, 277. It makes us just better because we have to second guess what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it makes us more accountable yeah, for what we're saying because we can't hear each other. speak more slowly just in case people can't hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Warwickshire made 277 in reply. They are uh, led by their opener, Will Dusty Rhodes, who got 137. And Dom... Ernie Sibley, who made 65. <laughs> they shared an opening, <laughs> they shared an opening, opening partnership with 161. Unfortunately, it fell away after that with only one other bat passing 20. Best of the Gloucester uh, bowling was Craig. I would walk 500 miles, who took five for 69. <laughs> Gloucester went even worse with their second crack, getting only 103. Only three blokes made do- double figures. Ryan Rusty Sidebottom picked up four for 42 to have the best figures for Warwickshire. Warwickshire won by an innings and 47 runs. Mm. So let's put that in perspective. War- Warwickshire only made 277, and they won by an innings and 47 oh. runs. What were the points, Mick? <laughs> uh, Warwickshire 21. Gloucester three. Ah, they signed the, the team matching hat strike. The matching hat strike again. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, so in our final match, uh, Leicester took on hard as a Kent's head. Uh, Kent chose the field first. Leicester made two twenty. Nothing in note really. Fatty Bumba, Mark Cosgrove <laughs> made four. Uh, Kent's Ivan backpacker man Thomas took four for one hundred and thirty five. Kent didn't perform any better, making 195. Leading scorer was Joe Denley, who made 62. Pakistan test bowler Muhammad Abbas took 6 for 48 for Leicester. On the board. Mm. That's a good one. I have to remember that. Uh, second time up, second time up, Leicester made 227, so they were a little bit better. Harry Dearden, top score was 74. Fat Guts made a duck. The old backpacker slayer himself, Ivan Thomas, got five for 91. Fat guts. <laughs> Fatty Boomba. <laughs> uh, so Kent needed 253 for victory, and they chased it two wickets down. Jeez. So, so uh, Kent, Sean, don't be a D 
Dick son made 134 as they won eight as they won by eight wickets. Uh, the Pakistani Test bowler Muhammad Abbas picked up the two wickets. So uh, Kent win by eight wickets. Uh, points Kent 19, Leicester four. And that is have bat wheel travel. Oh, thank you, Mick. Excellent as always. And we pause now from a word from our sponsor, HMV. Okay, thank you HMV for that wonderful advertisement. We move over now to David, and it's time, David, for the quiz. I thought this would never come back. um, (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it's been a slow week or two weeks in cricket, and generally I don't do anything on this podcast anyway, so I thought I should uh, jump on in and put together a little quiz for us. Ross, I think this one will be under, or right up your alley, I should say. Uh I'm just going to uh, go through the uh, the quiz here. So the quiz today will be the highest test uh, test match scores for each batting position. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. How does that grab you, Roscoe and yep. Mick? Well, I like good. it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So batting number one. Just give me who Ooh. and against who if you can. Can I buzz? Hados, 380 against Zimbos. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, I'm going to jump in and say Mark Taylor, 334. Uh, No. Oh, he didn't bat one. That was against Pakistan in Peshawar. Peshawar. So we're we're splitting hairs that Hados batted at two. Is that what we're doing here? That's exactly what we're doing. (laughs) Can I jump in here, Bull, with um, Graham Gooch? It's 333. Uh, No, but same country, Ross. Mm. Oh, big Atherton? No, big, no. big Ali Cook. Big Ali Cook. No, no, much earlier. Oh. Much, much earlier. Oh, um, WG Grace? Leonard. He is a sir, if that helps you. Leonard Hutton. Jeffrey? Sir Leonard, no. sir Leonard Hutton? Yep. Hmm? Yes, yep. correct. Yep. 364 versus Australia at the Oval. Wow, 364, that's massive. Mm. Yep. That is massive. Uh, number two we got, which was obviously uh, Big Doss, Stupid Fucking Hat Hayden, 380. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Versus Zimbabwe at the WACA ground in 0304. Um, who can give me number three? Oh. Was Lara's 400 at three? That no. certainly was. Oh, 400 was versus England at St. Mm. John's that's, in 0304. That's a good one. Not long after Hayden broke the record. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Hayden's only had it for about a month. John Bradman batted at three. So he made a lot of triple tons, but. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. he didn't make any quadruple tons. No, he though. did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> difference was, I think, Hados. Difference was Hados won, uh, where Lara yeah. batted himself to four hundred and they didn't get up. Well, Lara made. Yeah, I, but I'll give Lara one thing. His um, opposition was slightly better than Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah, well, England. that's true. Early two thousands England, not much better no. to be honest, but slightly <laughs> better. Uh, interesting. <laughs> that Lara made his. The English side probably had more Zimbabweans in it. <laughs> <laughs> England, uh, sorry, <laughs> Lara made his 375 at St. John's in Antigua, the previous tour against England. So 
but four years early. It's nuts. Yeah, he made three he's only two games. games or whatever it is at the one ground. Yeah, yeah seven hundred runs. Yeah, yeah, four years apart, same opposition. Yeah, fuck. Yep, it's a bit of a. Um, might say it's a bit flat that deck, St John's end. Yeah, 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 and probably small. Yeah, um, a who can give me number four? Ooh. Um, is it Michael Clark's three twenty nine? No. Oh, oh geez, no. That would have been a good get. Well, it wouldn't have been Tendulkar because didn't he only make a double ton in his last year or never made one or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, Think? something like that. Mm. So I'll give you the actual number of runs. 374. 374. Oh, so it's Lara. No, no, 374. Lara was 375. Oh, okay. It wasn't Don Bradman, was it? So who did Lara break? Don, you want me to give it... What did you say, Ross? Don Bradman. The Don... No, I missed all of that. Oh, Sorry, pal. Bradman, you might not have heard of him. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, he's not from Australia. 374. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, not uh, oh, yeah, Gary Sobers. No, no. Shall I? Might as well. Yeah, okay. It was Mahela J. Wardner oh. ah. in... versus South Africa at Colombo in 06 07. Oh, right, okay, no, didn't know that one. Hmm. Who can Fuck, give us that's number... a lot of runs. Number five. Is that Michael Clark? Um, Mick, you may have said it. Michael recently. Clark. Oh, so that's the Clark one, yeah. 329. It's the Clark one, correct. Yeah. Yeah. What was his top score? 333 or something? No, nah, 329 red, that was his best one. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, number six will be a good get if you get it. It's it's pretty recent. Hmm. Just they don't often get many opportunities down at six to make probably at least two hundred and fifty. Yeah. yeah, correct. It was two hundred and fifty eight. Ooh, there we go. Uh, Who was it? Was it Quentin de Kock? No, no, but probably played in that game if that helps you. It was pretty recent. Not Abraham de Villiers, because he'd be back in the But he would have played in that game, but it would have he would have been on the opposition side of this innings. Okay. Was it Steve Pajara? Uh, I'll just give you <laughs> that was a Steve Pajara, no. <laughs> um think of shitty nightclub names. Uh, embargo. 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 Yes. <laughs> the first one that so, comes to mind. Tracks. Tracks. <laughs> so. Tommy and Bumwa. Who made 258? No. It wasn't made... Boxing Ben Stokes. That was Boxing oh, Ben Stokes. 258 really? versus South Africa. Boxing Ben Stokes. Fucking wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, if Fuck, Eddie... he must have been hitting them hard that day. <laughs> yeah. Belting him. Belting him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you blokes get this one, I will be very, very surprised. Number seven, who made Adam the high score batting at number seven? Adam Gilchrist. No, it wasn't Adam Gilchrist. Oh. Adam... Adam Gilchrist could dream of making this many runs. <laughs> Adam Perore? No, Shastri. Ravi Shastri. No, it's not a wicket keeper or an all-rounder. It's a batsman. Oh, it's a, it's a genuine number seven bat. A uh, genuine number seven bat. Uh, is that because, say, the night... Oh, no, sorry. It's a number six batsman, isn't it? Because a genuine bat. Yes, yeah, so a, night, a night watchman's okay. come in and he's batted down nah. there something, probably. Well, is if, it Mike Hussey? No, nah, no, nah, it's much earlier. Um, 
If this bloke was a night watchman... No, no, um, no. Then what I meant the was... team was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so a night watchman came in at number three or number four, which pushed oh. them all down one. You know when that happens? No. No? But I can, I can tell you why this person batted in this position. Uh-huh. Um, the, they reversed the team's batting order. <laughs> I said, oh, this, well, is, wait. this is back in 1904 and stuff, isn't it? Uh, a little bit later than 04, <laughs> but yes. Right, yeah, okay. Uh, like, it, he's a pretty famous name. Sid Barnes. He's a Bill Ponsford? No, not Ponsford, but era, yeah. Uh, Woodfull. Keith Miller? No, not Keith Miller. Brewongle? <laughs> Brewongle? No, no, think about the most revered man in cricket and the most hated man in cricket. Don Bradman. Yes. <laughs> he made 270 batting at seven versus England. Who was it? The Don. Yeah, the Don. <laughs> Uh, you cut out when you said most revered. And I was going to say Hansi Cronje. Ah, but... <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So most revered, most hated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, number eight. Oh, now this was recent, I reckon. There was something about. No. No. Oh, no. Is oh, this Gilly? Mid no, mid nineties. Mm. No. And was it two hundred? It was two hundred and fifty-seven red. Oh. One fifty-seven. Capital Dev. Batting at eight, yeah, Cap- two fifty-seven red. Not not Capital Dev. Oh. Ravi Shastri, an all rounder. Ravi Shastri, an all rounder. Not not Ravi Shastri, but similar region in the world. Uh, oh, oh no, it's Wazi Makran against Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was going to say Chiminda. Nah. Wazi. <laughs> Wazi Makran could bat for a bloke with a poor average. Yeah. He could really bat, just didn't apply himself much. All right, we got number Shame one style. now. Think fat wicketkeeper batting at number nine. Adam Perore. <laughs> <laughs> Same country, but not oh, Adam Oh, Lee Jamon. <laughs> no. Um, oh, tubby wicketkeeper. Think higher car. Hertz. Europe car. Who was, who was that? <laughs> Bill Hurts. No, his hire car got hit by someone hitting a six while he was doing a commentary stint. Oh, I got no idea. All right, it's Ian, Ian Smith. Smith. Oh, yes, Ian was it? Ian Smith? India. <laughs> How much did he make? 173 versus India wow. at Auckland. 89, hell. 90. Really, yeah. you should have just said just fast. The wicket keeper bit started me thinking about cricketers. If you just said massively <laughs> fat, I probably would have got it. <laughs> uh,. Number 10 is... I'm going to have to give you this one because it was from 1884. <laughs> oh, oh, do you reckon they and might he, have reversed the order again? No, he normally batted in the middle order, yeah, so between four and six. So um, I don't know if you want to have a crack at it, but it's a long, long time Tom ago. Moody? No, I don't. The big ship. Victor Trumper. Right, so, no, no, no. So number 10 played for England. His name was Walter Reed, and he made 117 versus Australia at the Oval. Uh, this would be great when I listen. That would be my first guess. Yeah, when I listen back to this episode and hear all this stuff, I'll be really excited. Oh, be great. Sh- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> great. I was thinking the same thing, Ross. Yeah, yeah. You folks are going through seamlessly, though. Well uh, done. That's good. All right, uh, number 11. You guys should get number 11. Ash Nager. Yeah, that's oh. it. 98 versus England at wow. Trent Bridge. So in all of Test cricket, no number 11's ever made a ton. Wow. Yeah, that's mm. closest. Mm. Chris Martin probably would have been closer. <laughs> but he, would have he was doing it in binary. 
He wouldn't, he wouldn't have made 98 in his fucking career. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was the quiz, fellas. I uh, thought that was pretty sharp. That was good. Yeah, yeah good I like question. that one. That was good. I reckon Mick took the points there. He got a few of them away pretty early on. Oh, yeah, I've got to count the points. Um, uh, yeah, Alex won. <laughs> That's his best effort ever. Not, not being is his best chance of winning yeah. anyway. He took points off for incorrect guesses, so Alex wins. Yeah, 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 <laughs> there you go. So Alex won zero to minus ten and minus twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, David. Um, we have a quick look now at some international cricket and something caught my eye. It's the Asia Cup is coming up. It's a 50-over tournament being held in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And as a precursor to that, there's the Asian Cup qualifiers. And so six teams are in the qualifiers. Hong Kong, Malaysia, Nepal, Oman, UAE and Singapore. And they're having a tournament. Um, the six teams, they play each other once, so five games and then a final and it started on Wednesday August 29th and it's going to finish on Thursday September the 4th so it's going for eight days they're playing five games plus a final just thought that was interesting uh, Cricket Australia's inability to fixture the six Australian states into a workable JLT Cup well just have a look at how they do the Asia Cup qualifiers they're playing mm. two matches in consecutive days and a day break Two more matches in consecutive days, day break, the last group game, day off, then the final. So uh, the whole uh, bullshit that um, the JLT Cup has only five games rather than ten, as it should, each playing each other twice. I know they don't have home and away because of the venues, that's fine. There's, just still, there's no need not to play ten games when you can play five and a final in a week. You can play mm, yeah. ten and couple of finals in three weeks. It's just absolute nonsense, the bullshit they've got with five games and everyone playing finals. So, uh, The reality is they should be able to work it out BBL style where there's, like, where there's a game every day because the reality of the situation is is that it's not like they get massive attendances to the JLT anyway. So if you play on a Monday in front of 100 people, it doesn't matter. That's right. Um, that's, um, it's just, well, these, these games here, they've fixed it. There's three games each day. They're yeah. just playing. It's in Kuala Lumpur. They've mm. obviously got three grounds there, and they're just playing yeah. at the same time. But that's the whole reason the tournament's in Sydney and other places. It's th- they use three or four different grounds. Yes, to bang them out. Playing. There's no crowd. There's no TV. The TV um, can just pick one of the games each day to film. Simple. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just rubbish how... You know, other parts of the world can fix it as properly. Yet in Australia, we've got something. Oh, they've got to have so many days rest and all the rest of it. Just work it out. It's more important that they play the ten one-day games rather than yeah. rest days. The other the other places around the world probably don't have fucking overpaid yeah. performance management human beings who have to justify their job so they fucking make this shit hard to organise. Exactly. And we have a look at the Asia Cup now. That's an interesting setup. They've got. Uh, the top team from the qualifiers will come in to join India, Pakistan in Group A. So they've guaranteed India and Pakistan will play. So that's it. three teams in Group A. And then there's three teams in Group B, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and Afghanistan. And the top two from each group qualify for the Super Four, <laughs> where the top four all play each other again. 
So India and Pakistan will definitely qualify for the second stage, and then they'll definitely play each other again in the Super Four because everyone plays each other again. So <laughs> it's a brilliantly conceived plan to have two India-Pakistan games. I'd like to see the World Cup structured in the same way. India and Pakistan are in the same group and it's impossible for them not to qualify out of that group. Um, give them the two weakest teams you can find, you know, even go and find some more teams outside of those that qualify and bring them in. Someone like you know, Singapore. And, Bermuda. Know, Bermuda, yeah, yeah, all of them. Lancashire, second 11. Yeah, PNG, whoever. Just say India and Pakistan play each other and get into the next stage. Then we can have a, a better structured World Cup. And uh, that whole tournament in Abu Dhabi and Dubai goes for two weeks and that's about right too. So a uh, very interesting uh, situation there. It's all building up towards next year's World Cup so there's a lot of ODI tournaments starting to pop up on the calendar uh, rather than say a T20 competition. The Asian Cup which is an interesting uh, thing has been around for decades since the 80s it now uh, slips and flips and flops between either 50 over cricket or 20 over cricket depending on What's coming up next? Is it a 50 over World Cup or a 20 over World Cup coming up next? That's not the worst way to run it. Helps when you've got about uh, six or so decent countries in your region too. Imagine the Australasia Cup. (laughs) Yeah. Australia, (laughs) New Zealand and PNG. Okay. And Tassie. Uh, and Cook Islands, they're pretty strong here, out there in the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quick look at Afghanistan's tour of Ireland, uh, which is um, underway at the moment. In fact, it just concluded the other day. It was three T20s, and there was Afghanistan won both of the T20s um, that were played. Uh, the third one was washed out, and then it was three ODIs in Belfast. And Afghanistan was able to win the first one. Ireland hit back and won the second one. But then Afghanistan won by eight wickets with 157 balls remaining in the third one to take out the series. Oof. Smack well it. Well, yes. It was not so great finish for Ireland. They were bowled out for 124 in the last game, all to play for. And they just could not get uh, Rashid Khan away. Eight over two maidens, three for 18 <coughs> in an ODI. Yes. Pretty impressive. That's very good. Uh, and uh, Mohammed Shazad is back. Isn't he the tubby keeper for Afghanistan? <coughs> yeah, I think he is, yeah. And, but it was his fellow opener, Isanullah, who made 57 not out. And Hashmatullah Shahidi, 34 not out, got him over the line. And um, Kim Murta on the dance floor took one for 39. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Sit on. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, we look forward to seeing some more JLT Cup. As a preview to that, check out the Rob Moody on Twitter. He's been posting up over the last three or four days, One Day Domestic Gold, Nick. Might have caught he has. Um, I have. I've, I've been seeing your retweets, oh, and then Martin, I started following him, and he's fantastic. Damien Martin hitting... Uh, cover drives for six off Joe Scuderi. Today's uh, little... Yeah, shot. Oh, today's beauty was Richard Chiqui belting Tim May for fours, including uh, more, uh, each time he played one, the, the next one got more vicious sweep shots against Tim May. <laughs> Joe Scuderi comes on bombing his medium and he sweeps him twice for four. 
Oh, Unbelievable. Hit for tat. Uh, old cheeks. <laughs> Going for it. But that, um, the Joe Scuderi footage, one of the most amazing things in that is Joe Scuderi's sweet-ass fucking oh, mullet. Yes. That is amazing. Oh, yeah. Next level. Yeah. Next oh. level. It feels like there might have been a little bit of perming going on in that. You know? oh, I reckon he walked out. I reckon he had a shower, walked out of the change rooms and got in his old uh, BA Ford Cobra and did a wheelie and a ghoulie ghoulie and fucking drove off. That's what he was doing. I think he might have come straight from the salon to the ground to get that look going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good bants. Joe Scuderi loves a good uh, video of himself to talk about too on Twitter. If you, if you want an internet, a former, not international, former domestic cricketer who doesn't mind poking fun to himself, Joe Scuderi is your man. I'll have to have a look for that. Yeah, Sounds like fun. Look at the replies. He replies to um, old mate Rob all the time. Uh, so okay. There's footage on the Richard Cheekwee video of um, former national coach Darren Lehman with hair. So that was a while ago. It's great to see things on those videos too, like no boundary ropes and no numbers on players' backs and the old Mercantile Mutual yep. Cup signs. Cheeks nearly hit one today. So there you go. <laughs> and there's Cheeks. also some funny sort of generational crossing things that you probably don't think about, such as um, Terry Alderman mm. bowling to Matty Hayden. Just never thought they were exactly the same era, but obviously they did overlap by mm. a season or two. There's um, one of the videos doing the rounds too has got uh, when the Vicks wore shorts. Oh, yes. And Chuck Berry gets the leg side stumping. I think, like, Flemo or someone's bowling in shorts and yeah, stuff. It's, uh, I think it's Ian Harvey bowling in shorts. His little yeah. back of the hand floated down the leg side. Chuck's ready. Yeah. Then the umpire looks like he's not looking, and so Chuck runs at him, and he puts his finger Yeah, <laughs> very aggressive appealing. Yeah. I've done that a few times, oh, I can yeah. tell you. The umpire, I think he was slowly putting his hand up. It's like he was passing something out of his hand, like a counter into his other hand to then put his finger up or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, if you're not on that already, uh, get on board. A bit of Rob Moody, 100% insane cricket nerd, as his Twitter profile used to say. He's got every uh. match Australian <laughs> domestic cricket ever played since the mid nineties on VHS, which is now uploading to YouTube. So what a chance! Get on board. All right. Well, that uh, that uh, interesting note brings us to a close. We're on all major social media and podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, Twitter at Midoff Cricket on our website, midoffcricketpodcast.wix.com/slash/home. Our next podcast will be in three weeks' time, because some people are going away. Until next time, unlucky. Yeah, until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Unlucky, Alex. We did miss a beat then. That was fucking good. <laughs> Indeed.